Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your presence here. We know that you will do great and mighty things with us. For this, we are grateful. Spirit of the living God, thank you because you have free course in this place. Needs will be met. Jesus will be revealed. Our lives will never be the same again. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Very quickly, I want to teach on what I have titled from your series, um, Gospel Shaped Lives is a series, but I've titled this Feet the Frame or Feet the Design. So Feet the Frame, Feet the Design. Whatever you want to put it as Feet the Frame, Feet the Design. Okay. A frame is a rigid structure that surrounds something. So I'm trying to explain that. And first of all, before I go on, let me quickly say that I put this up on, on my page a few days ago. Do not allow anyone to describe you as the generation that has a shortest attention span. Because the most important things in life need very long attention. You know, we seem to pride ourselves in the fact that I don't pay attention for so long. You know, just give me, look. <laughs> The most important things in life, you will need to pay attention to it. You will need to give it time. And you know, the people forming this stuff, I hate to use this doctor thing, but I, because that's the only thing that catches our attention. If you go to the doctor and he, and not you, not anybody in this place, someone goes to the doctor and he tells you, you have cancer, you will listen. You will pay close. What's the solution? What can I do? You will, if he wants to talk to you for 18 hours, you listen. Let me use one that we can all relate with. If you're doing a deal and the deal is worth a hundred thousand US dollars and the guy needs to explain this deal to you for 18 hours, my brother, you will listen. So don't tell him, you will take notes. You will, so don't, don't buy that stuff. Now, many times God's word seems to be intangible, but the results are so tangible you can touch it. So we all have long attention span, amen? But I won't be long. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A frame is a rigid structure that surrounds something, almost like a mold. Okay. Um, today, I'm, I want to talk about the frame of the gospel, the mold of the gospel. All right. The conceptual framework of the gospel. When the gospel was being put together, what did the designer have in mind? in putting it together, um, that is the framework. And God is not going to shift. We will fit the frame. God is not going to shift. You will have to fit the frame. And by the time I go on, you will understand what I mean. Let's look at Romans 10 from verse 9 to 10. Romans 10 from verse 9 to 10. As we begin this teaching, I'm a teacher of God's word. I'll take you through scripture and just teach patiently. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you have it on the screen, please help me. All right, let's read it together. One to go. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
Continue. Alright, so did you see any do something, any perform anything, any, you know, you have to qualify, you know, just what? Believe and what? Confess and what? Save. Full stop. Now look at Colossians 2 from verse 6 to 8. Let me show you something. Colossians 2 from verse 6 to 8. Colossians 2 from verse 6 to 8. Let's read together, all right? So then, just as you receive Christ as, as Lord, continue to... Okay, so stop. As you received Christ our Lord, continue to live in Him. Let's read the, the next one. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So, first of all, how you respond to this gospel is to be thankful. Praise the Lord. But it says, as you received him, so continue to walk in him. So it's important to know how did you receive him? Because if that's how you're going to continue, then it's important to know how you received him. We showed you in Romans 10, 9 and 10. How did you receive him? You confessed with your mouth, you believed in your heart, and you were saved. How do you continue to walk in him? You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, and you continue to walk in him. Praise God. So you don't, there's nowhere in the equation where performance comes in. It is believe and confess, you are saved. How do you receive him? You believe, you confess, you're saved. How do you continue to walk in him? You believe, you confess, you continue to walk in him. Amen? So, um, okay, I believed and I confessed, I got saved. I believe and I confess that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I stay saved. At no point does performance come in. Now, here's how it works. The root has to go deep for the fruit to come out. So many times people want to produce fruit without having their roots go deep. Let that root go into the ground. Fruit is a, a, an effortless result of deep roots. Fruit. You see fruit. I am not against fruit. I'm just against how people go about getting fruit. You don't go about getting fruit by performing, trying to impress. Stay deep in the roots and then the fruit will show up. That's why it says the works of the flesh are manifest. The fruits of the spirit, the works of the flesh, performance, you have to perform. The fruits of the spirit is a restful place and then fruit shows up. And then you're not trying to impress somebody that you're peaceful. Peace is a result of rest. Peace is simply a result of rest. Sit well. And then peace will show up. Praise the Lord. So how you received him is how you continue to walk in him. Now many people try to shift the frame to how you perform is how he relates with you. No, you received him not by, by performance. Okay, so friends, we were not good, bad people that he made good. That's what you think Christianity is. I was bad. The things I used to do, I do them no more. All those things. No, no, no. You were dead. He made you alive. That's what scripture says. We who were dead, Ephesians 2. We who were dead in our trespasses and sins, has he made alive? Not we who are bad people, has he made good? People are trying to be good when actually what he did was made you alive. Two different things. Now, 
if you say I was bad and then I became good, then you're going to be looking at good in degrees. So you are good to a certain degree. You are, you, you understand? So uh, this guy is not that, okay. It took 50 liters of blood to wash me clean. It took only 25 to wash Dr. Foy clean. So Dr. Foy has something to boast about. The liters of blood that, I, that was required to wash me clean is not the same as what was required to wash you clean. So he has something wherein to boast. Okay? But when we know that he was dead that we all were, there's nothing to boast. Five minutes dead is dead. Ten years dead is dead. There's no deadness in degree. Dead is dead. So we were not good people. We were not bad people that he made good. We were dead. Then he made us alive. Praise God. So if he's made you alive, wherein is your boasting? If he made you alive and you can't take credit for... Can you see a dead person that can take credit for coming to life by himself? No. Some force has to bring him back to life. And then it's that force that we give credit to. In this case, he alone raised you back to life. He alone deserves the glory. It is not worthy is the lamb that was slain and me. It is worthy is the lamb that was slain alone. You stay as a receiver and let him be the giver. Just remain as a receiver. The lesser is blessed by the greater. Who is the lesser? You. Who is the greater? Him. Just let him be the blesser. And let me tell you, it is only good receivers that become givers. So if you don't, if you don't know how to receive, you will not know how to give. Many times people are trying to impress out of a bankrupt heart. Look at the Martha and the Mary story. Mary was seated and learning. Martha was running up and down. All right, service does not flow from a bankrupt heart. When you think that you're, oh, okay, let me serve, let me serve so I can impress, so that I can be noticed. That was what Martha was doing. Mary sat down. Let me tell you, God is not threatened when you sit down. Yeah, he's not threatened. He's not afraid of you sitting down. He loves it when you sit down. And you know, she came, she came with that attitude. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me confront something. Okay? And then Jesus said, Matter, matter, you're worried over many things. Commended Mary. One thing is needful and she has chosen it. Relax. Now, if Mary was to stand up to go and serve, she would serve from a grateful heart. She won't, if she wants to give, even if she gives $10 million, it will be from a grateful heart. It would not be from a place of pastor. Do you know what I gave? It would be no matter what I give, I can never give enough. He gave his best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say I'm a receiver. Oh, shout it out loud. Say I am a receiver. Galatians 1. Let's go further into this conversation. Galatians 1 from verse 6. Let's show you what Paul begins to say. So, how did we how did we become saved? We confessed. We believe and we are saved. How do we continue to be saved? We confess, we believe, and we are saved. Don't, don't forget those two scriptures, Romans 10, 9 and 10, um, Colossians 2, 6 to 8. All right? Foundation, key, key, key scripture. Okay, for example, so you got admission to the university. Um, how many of you went to a Nigerian, Nigerian university? Let me see how you do. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Praise God. Um, requirements is five credits and five five credits including math and English and then you get your admission right and then when you want to graduate this university says no it's now eight credits 
No, it's how you entered. That's how you will graduate. It's what they considered before you entered. That's what they will consider when you are to graduate. It won't change. What God considered before you entered this race called salvation is your confession and your believing. What he would consider when you get to him face to face is your confession and your believing. That you stayed confessing and believing. That's all. How the anointing begins to flow is because of the crushing of Jesus. Not your fasting and praying. Amen. Your fasting and praying is going to help you see the flow that has already been created by the crushing. Your fasting and praying does not create the flow. How many fasting and praying will you have fasted to have redemption? The anointing is the result of the crushing. It's his crushing that started the flow. He is production center. You are distribution center. He is the vine. You are the branches. Don't ever think you are the production center. Whatever the producer wants to flow through the channel, let it flow. Say amen. amen. You are not the production center. Oh, Pastor, it, it, was, it was by my affliction of my soul that I came into this mighty manifestation. What's the difference between God and Baal? Because Baal, the prophet told them, cut yourself. Maybe God is sleeping. And so they started cutting. You know, tear yourself. Shout. Maybe he has gone on a journey. They were shouting. Scream. Maybe, you know, afflict your soul. Maybe. Our God did not wait for you to afflict your soul. He crushed his son. And the Bible says he pleased the Lord to crush him. That is the source of the flow. Not your labor. Say amen. How many of you want to see the manifestation of the Spirit in your lives? You know, full manifestation. It comes by recognizing that Jesus has, has been crushed for it. I always tell them in church, there is no negotiation going on anymore. God is not, if Jesus said, will you die? And then Jesus said, you know, there's no negotiation. He has died. He has been buried. He's risen again. It's time to enjoy the benefits. I'm not going to live like an orphan when I have a father. Say amen. And I have no apologies. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. So let me just do this. And then I'll be out of the way. So number one, the message is to be believed. The message is to be believed. Who has believed our reports to whom the arm of the Lord revealed. Let's look at Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2. And then we'll look at Luke 4, 18 to 20. I just want to show you something very quickly. Isaiah 61 from verse 1 and 2. Okay, awesome. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to prisoners. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance to comfort all who mourn. Stop. Go to Luke 4, 18 to 20. How much time do I have left? Oh. <laughs> Luke 4, 18 to 20. Let's look at Jesus now. Goes to Isaiah, picks up the text, and he's now revealing it himself. Look at what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release 
the oppressed. Verse 19. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20. And he closed the book. Show me, show me the King James. Give me in the King James. Give me in the King James, please. You know, I like to start from the King James. When you look at Bible translation, you go to the roots, then you start to see all the explanations. And then what did he do? Let's read it together. He closed the book and gave the book back to the minister. Where did he close the book? On the acceptable year of the Lord. Didn't move further to the year of vengeance. Where he closed the book is where the church must close the book. Hey, you didn't hear me. I said where Jesus closed the book is where the church must close the book. The spirit of, you saw it in Isaiah. Should we look at it again? Should we just look at it again? Let's just see the comparison. Look at it in Isaiah in the King James. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, this is Luke. Isaiah 61. Are you being blessed? Is this making sense? Awesome. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Yeah? Verse 2. Yeah. To proclaim what? The acceptable year of the Lord and, comma, and the day of vengeance of our God. First of all, do you notice that there is the acceptable year and the day? One day. Acceptable year. One day. God's wrath, uh, even in the old covenant, is shorter. One day. His acceptable year of favor is even longer. That's under the old though. Under the old though. Now let's look at the new covenant. Luke 6. Luke, Luke chapter 4. From verse 18 to 20. So you see that there's the day of vengeance. When Jesus is now quoting the same text. Look at what he does. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Same thing. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Yeah. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you see a full stop there? Full stop. 21. I mean 20. 20. And he did what? Closed the book. And what? Gave it back to the minister. And then he did what? He sat down. So, and all eyes were fasting on him. So, what? you know what? He closed the book. Turn to your neighbor say he closed the book. Oh, tell them say he closed the book. This is the gospel. He closed the book. This is the gospel. God is not angry with you. God is satisfied with you. If he closed the book, you learn to close the book where God closed the book. And you listen to preachers who have learned to close the book. Sir, even when you come and say something horrible that you did, and you tell me the book is closed, and I close the book, he keeps no record. Thank you, sir. No record of your wrong. He keeps no... You know, sometimes the way people look at me, I ask them, are you nicer than God? Are you better than Jesus? Like, what's your problem? Are you holier than him? If he closed the book... You know, there was a place that I saw in Genesis. I was teaching them last week in church that Abraham lied. Look, I'm not endorsing lying. Abraham lied. Enter the city. Sarah man lied. Enter the city. And then God, the king, took the wife 
of, of Abraham and had not done anything with her. But just for taking the wife, God shot the womb of everybody in the palace for Abraham's life. And they now told, see, and now told him, I'm the only one, because I know your heart, you are sincere, that Abraham lied to you. I stopped you from touching this woman. Return her tomorrow. Eh? Then tell Abraham to pray for you, for he is a prophet. <laughs> did you notice that God did not say, for he is a liar? Say he is a prophet. His lie did not distort his calling. You know, before I got up here, I don't know who this word is for. Before I got up from my seat, the Lord told me to tell you that this is the realest you you ever be. Hear me? This, what you are in church, is the real you. You see, every other thing you do outside that is not in, is, is the acting you. If it's not in conformity with this, you went to a club, you did this, you did that. That's you acting somebody else's. And you know, there's a way you can act so much that they think you are the one. I heard of a story of somebody who acted so much, one of these Nigerian um, act, act, actresses who acted so much, she went some, to some part of town and they beat her up for what she acted. You know, she had acted so much that it became believable. Many of us have acted so much that we have started believing that this is who we are. Let me tell you, when you leave those hands to worship in church and wherever you are, that is the presence of God because this is just the beauty, that's the real you. You have to see yourself as the realest you when you're here worshiping God. You see, every other thing that you act that is below this is you acting somebody else. And that, that's why Paul, when he wants to help the church in Corinth, he, didn't, he just said, ah, don't you know that your body still is? The man is sleeping with somebody, with his father's wife. He said, your body is. Meaning, in this, cult, in this culture, the way we train people is by reinforcing their realities. Yeah. It's by reminding them of who they are. We just reinforce. This is, this is. The pastor's job is to just keep reinforcing. This is who you are. And so let me tell you, the pastor does it to himself too. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. And I remain in this place. Manifestation of the Spirit. So let's see John 16, 13 to 14. Let's see John 16, 13 to 14. So the message must be believed. Jesus came to do all of these good things and he has closed the book. Praise the Lord. Manifestation of the Spirit. Here's what, what, what the Holy Spirit himself is saying. How be it when the Spirit of truth, Jesus is saying, how be it when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that's what he will speak. And he will show you things to come. Verse 14. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of me and he will show it unto you. This is the Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about. You know, in church circles, the Holy Spirit has become the police of heaven, the conscience of heaven, the knocker of your head. When somebody says, you know, the Holy Spirit just told me. Look at what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's magnifying Jesus' ministry. And we see what Jesus' ministry is. Not condemning, you know, the, 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 the guilty. Luke 2 and verse 11 or something shows us that unto us is born this day in the city of David a savior, not a judge, not a condemner, not a lawgiver, not a fault finder, a savior. And this is what the Holy Spirit is magnifying. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the Tribe Lagos. God bless.